Hi filmmakers, Jason Brubaker with Filmmaking Stuff, where we show you how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. I'm talking to you from sunny Southern California, and joining me for this show is Tom Malloy. Uh, Tom's a film finance expert. He's actually raised over $25 million in private equity uh, to fund the production of, of m- nearly all the films that you and your uh, company have been involved with. Tom, help me out if I'm wrong with that. No, no, that's, that's correct. Yes. Um, you know, what's funny, you and I have been working together uh, for years and, and uh, sharing what we know about film finance. Actually, it's mostly you sharing what you know and me asking you a lot of questions. Um, and we put together that film finance guide a while back. Yeah. And, and, yeah. You know, and, and it occurred to me that I've never had you on my show. Um, so, you know, <laughs> first of all, apologies for that and welcome. Yeah. Yes, definitely happy to be here. But yeah, I think that's one of those things where we just... I uh, never realized that hadn't happened and just probably assumed that it had. <laughs> so it was, and I mean, you could tell me tomorrow that, oh yeah, by the way, I looked it up and you were on my show and I, I'd be like, oh, great. I, <laughs> that's the key is that we're both busy all the time. So. I, I'm already <laughs> afraid that's going to happen. Somebody's going to email me and be yeah. like, no, you've had Tom Malloy on 16 times. <laughs> <laughs> Six times, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it's so great to have you on there. You know, sometimes, sometimes when I'm posting articles and and you know it's important and i think most of the listeners know i'm a pretty transparent guy when it comes to this stuff but whenever i talk about film finance with independent filmmakers most of them either roll their eyes at me or they look at some of the material that that you put together you know educational material and, and with the film finance guide and stuff like that and they're like oh yeah tom malloy made all his money selling information products and books and uh, I think maybe it's important for us to, before we hop into the actual mechanics of film finance, uh, maybe give a little background on yourself. Uh, I know you come from humble beginnings, but I, but I think sometimes yeah. people absolutely have the wrong impression. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's the key is I started as an actor. And, uh, it, you know, when it's kind of, you know, I had a, an early on role that was an independent film shot in the streets of Brooklyn. And, uh when we got Oliver Stone to produce it, it was in theaters. Um, you know, I thought there, there's what, there's my route. And when it kind of didn't happen the way I wanted it to, I thought, well, why couldn't I take, you know, control of my own career and, and kind of create roles for myself. And, uh, and that's what I did is, you know, it's, I remember in 2000 and gosh, it was 2003, 2004. I went to a, um, an agent of mine and said, I'm going to be an actor, writer and a producer. And, uh, she said, "Well, you can't, you know, you can't do all three of those. You got to, you got to do, you know, pick one and just focus on it." And I think I joke that that same agent today, and this is 10, 12 years later, would would advise their clients to be, you know, to, to follow my path. And so I kind of created that for myself, you know, they wrote these projects and uh, and, and found financing for them, and kind of just created my own methods. Went out there, read as many books as I could about sales, not about producing, about sales. And uh, and just started learning how to raise money, and so the the, the long story short is that this has all come from you know now gosh twelve I think I just did my eleventh or twelfth film produced, and uh, you know it's like now I've been senior producer on set now, and uh, it's you know and, and and as well still doing acting and and, and you know and, and doing all those things. It's it really the joke about me is yeah I have a very uh, popular book kind of the kind of gold standard book on film financing we have the film finance guide but there are a lot of people out there that um, that aren't kind of working and I think that what separates myself and you is that we are doing <laughs> what we're what we're selling you know and uh, but at the same time that it is it's hindered me 
somewhat is because, you know, I, I'll, there's been times where I've had a kind of educational seminar and I had to cancel it because, uh, you know, filmmaking does always come first for me and acting and, and producing writing come first for me. So I can't always do the things that, that I'd love to give back. And that's really, it started as a way to give back, not as a way to make money or anything. It started as a way to just kind of um, share my advice with filmmakers. And, um, but yeah, like yeah, like I said, you and I both know those people that, that have just been educators for 30 years and, and, and really have no idea what's, what the business is these days. And I think that uh, we're kind of, we're working, we're actively working. You know, we're at AFM, busting our butts. So yeah, we're out there. That's that's the funny part, you know. I've been up on stage with you uh, teaching. Uh, for the folks listening, they know that my background's film distribution and your background's film finance. Um, but I love it when you and I are on yeah. stage together and, and complimenting each other. Um, it's fun. Yeah, totally, totally. You've done, I guess, three or four or something like that. Uh, or, God, actually, forget that number. I have no idea what it was <laughs> done together. I just remember the last one. I know that the last one was at CBS sometimes this year. Was it this year or last year? I, I think it was last year, last November. They're, they're all yes. kind of coming together. But, but yes. what's fun about yes. it is I see you up on yes. stage, but unlike, as you mentioned, unlike a lot of the educators, I also saw you at AFM. And uh, for the people listening, that's the American film market. And it was so funny because I'm out there, you know, hustling and trying to make some deals happen. Um, we, we actually did sell the movie I was representing. Uh, that's for another conversation. But I see. I look over and I see. There's Tom Malloy. You know, six a.m. at AFM hustling. There's Tom Malloy. <laughs> yep. Nine p.m. still at AFM, still hustling. <laughs> I mean, you're, yep. you bust your butt. Totally. So you know, I, I guess that's kind of a long-winded introduction to say, you know, Tom Malloy is not just a guy who teaches film finance, but he's actually a guy that's out there um, raising money and producing movies. Um, and you figured yeah. out a way, you know, to, and the listeners of this show know, you know, I'm big into entrepreneurial filmmaking and, and you are the quintessential entrepreneurial filmmaker. I mean, the fact that you can go out there, build reputations, uh, build relationships with your good reputation with high net worth individuals um, and actually get them to sign a check is phenomenal. So uh, let's get into yeah. the mechanics. I, I, I think you and I have talked enough about how great we are. Um, <laughs> Talk to, how did, so you had that thing with Oliver Stone and, and you got a taste and I mean that that's a really early success where you're working on a movie with Oliver Stone um, and then after that things kind of got very challenging for you and you said you know what forget this I'm going to go out and raise my own money um, I, I think a lot of filmmakers feel like oh I just want to focus on the art I just want to make movies somebody else should produce them for me uh, can you speak to that a little bit? Because I know that's not something that you would recommend. Well, in every aspect of, um, gosh, the film business, but also in many aspects of life, people always want the easy way out. You know what I mean? If, they, if you told them you have to do these things and, uh, you know, I'll give you a million bucks and you say, oh, that's great. Well, what do you have to do? You have to learn how to climb Mount Everest. You know, it's like suddenly the people are not going to be interested. You know, even, though, even if I'm telling you it's a million dollars I'm going to give you, you know, so it's, it, it, it happens in every aspect of it. They want, they would love to just be, hey, I'm an actor, just put me in a movie, you know. And and, and I I joke that you hear actors um, actually ask that all the time, you know. They ask me all the time, put me in a movie, and uh, you know the key is is that they don't want to take the effort to do the other things. Like let's just take that perfect example there. Saying actors say, you know, Tom, will I put me in your next movie? Well, what's what am I talking about with effort there? Well, I'm talking about effort maybe to get a social media fan base to get uh, a following to 
build a resume up to have some you know produce a short film that wins some awards you know and that that entails the production of the short film but then also submitting it to all these film festivals and getting the film festivals winning awards so that's the work that it takes and then then when you come to me and say put me in a film and by the way i have six hundred thousand twitter followers and i have this famous youtube channel and uh, i also have this and here's you know here's where i worked with this actor and so and so okay now you you put the effort in to where me putting you in a film is, is a smart move for me. Um, you know, so anytime you're asking for something, you gotta kind of got to offer value. So I guess at the end of the day, what I'm saying is that, um, yeah, people want the easy way out and you, you really have to work in this. I, I honestly believe that when, Oh, I'm just an artist means they want the easy way. out. <laughs> it doesn't mean they're working 24 hours a day on their art and their craft. It means they just don't want to do the hard stuff. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, that's a lesson you know th- that all of us have had to learn, and, and I think um, the other lesson is it, there's no such thing as fully making it in this industry. It sure seems like uh, you know, especially watching a guy like you, you've raised you know millions and millions of dollars, and yet you're still out there hustling as if you just started yesterday, and that that's yeah. uh, admirable. Thank you, but yeah, you know, it's like, look, it, yeah, obviously everybody wants to go bigger and you don't want to be, you know, a household name and things like that, but even on uh, household name, Clint Eastwood has problems raising money for all his films. I mean, they, and, you know, him talking stories about Graham Torino having to beg to get money and borrow and steal and, you know, things like that, and it's Clint Eastwood. You have to go, by that time, you know, they're just greenlighting projects like they're BS, but it's so not true. You know, this project's with Leonardo DiCaprio wants to do that he cannot get going. Because the studios are going, no, no, that doesn't make sense, you know, for us to do this. It's like, yeah, so there's, there's that struggle is always there, but you know, just note that those guys are still fighting a good fight, and they'll be, they'll continue to do it. I want to, I want to, in in our short time together, I want to give, you know, especially if it's a, a newbie filmmaker that has the entrepreneurial spirit, but they just don't know how to get started. What what are some good exercises to kind of break the ice and and maybe get going with um, meeting. Uh, as, as you call them, HNI, high net worth individuals. Um, what, what's some thoughts on how to start building those relationships? Well, I think that, you know, no matter where you are, um, and it's sometimes even better to not be in Los Angeles because then you can be the conduit to, to, the, to the kind of Los Angeles, Hollywood kind of lifestyle and scene. But, uh, you know what, I think that you really should start looking to mix with a crowd. <laughs> Let me say this. There's a funny kind of thing that if you look around at the friends that they're your social friends, are they successful? Do they live in nice houses? Do they have money? Or are they like desperate, broke, out-of-work actors that are waiting tables? You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm not insulting any of those people. I'm just saying if that's the crowd that you hang out in, you're always going to have that desperation, that brokenness, and out-of-work feeling, you know? Um, and I felt that once you started hanging out with people that were successful, that had done well, um, that were, you know, higher net worth individuals, maybe not spectacular, but had money, you start to elevate yourself. You start to believe those things, and, and through kind of law of attraction, it starts to happen to you as well. But I, I will say that in your local communities, you should start, you know, there's always um, social gatherings and things and, and, and uh, associations that uh, that have people that have money, and, uh, you know, you should really start getting involved with them and just start mingling and just kind of accepted that you need to be in that lifestyle and that space. I mean, a perfect funny example was that um, I was in a, um, uh, a, a baby shower uh, for um, 
some it was a, a relative of the family let's put it that way and there were kind of a lot of blue collar people and you know at a certain level of income and that was their uh, that was their level that they kind of associated with and the people that they could quote unquote kind of talk to and there was one guy there that was a you know multi multi millionaire you know worth three four hundred million dollars and I never met him before but I was introduced and without even thinking oh this guy can fund movies I just started talking to him and it was like we just hit it off so perfectly because we were speaking the same language. Now, I'm not worth $300 million, but there was nobody else there that was talking to him because, and I truly feel that they, were, they weren't they were on that level. They had nothing that they could talk to him about because they don't associate with those kind of people. And I do on a regular basis. And so it was very simple for me to talk to him, and I enjoyed talking to him. And I, I never never reached out to him for any investment. He's never invested in any moves. It was just a little friendship, and that was it. You know, it's like that's, and his wife was so sweet, and that, that was the end of the day. I don't, and I really think that's because those are the people that I mingle with on a regular basis. Well, I think there's something to be said for you know. I, I've heard a quote um, before that, that that rings true in my life: that your net worth is your network. Or maybe I said that wrong. Maybe it's your network is your net worth. But what it means is the people that you know and the people you associate with absolutely have a ripple effect on your level of success and, and they've done studies on it that you'll your income will be within like twenty thousand dollars of the people you spend the most time with and i think that's really okay. interesting um and, and i tom i come and you know my background but i, I come from a very blue collar background so i know exactly what you're talking about when i go to those uh types of events and and everybody's complaining about the jobs that they hate and i know a lot of listeners of the show you know they're not based in los angeles and maybe they haven't thought oh my gosh, you know, rich and successful people think a little bit differently. Um, one of the things that I did very early on is, is I heard about this car dealer in my hometown uh, that had all these billboards and owned like five car dealerships. And this is when I was just starting out. And I was like, you know what, I, I should call that guy on the phone and get a meeting. And I did. And he was worth $60 million. Um, so the flip, you know, and the, so the flip side of what you're talking about is even if you're in like a blue collar world, there's somebody mm-hmm. in your town who knows somebody who is very financially well off. And I don't yeah, know if this is, and, and what's your experience? I mean, my experience with like successful people is they're the most humble, nicest, like open people that I've ever met. Agreed a hundred percent. You know, a lot of times there's this, this negative connotation that people have with money, you know, the rich, you know, and that like money is bad. And I actually think that's a, Anthony Robbins calls it a wealth wound. You know, somebody grows up that way to think that money's evil and bad. But I found the exact opposite to be true, that the people with the money are the ones that give into charitable donations. You know, then they, um, I mean, when I first moved to L.A. and I had done very well, you know, we're living in the hills, and it was like every every single day was, uh, you know, on the weekends, and even during the week when they were just going to preschool, my kids, it was like there was eco-fests, and there were these and that, and everybody was donating, and, and these charity things, and it was like these are these are the people that were um, that were doing the best things for society, and uh, and you know, and again, like you said, accessible people because a lot of people aren't talking to them because I guess they're thinking that they're above them. You know, it's like you go in a conversation thinking, you know, in the back of your mind, you're, you think you're better than me. You know, that's the the uh, <laughs> the blue collar motto that's going on there. You what do you think you're better than me? And uh, you, they're going into that conversation that way. It's tough to have a conversation with that, but you know, and I got a lot of that sometimes as well you know it's like i have a place you know in upstate new york as well um uh, some family up there and i go there and it's tough for me to have conversations with people i'm very friendly as you know and i like talking to people but a lot of people won't even approach me and if they find out 
with the business I'm in, then it's like they prejudged me before they've even talked to me, and they think, oh, you know, you think you, you know, moving, you know, all this, and you'll never talk to me, and, and they've they've made that assumption in their head before they've even started a conversation with me. So, yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting, you know, and and it's hard to break through that. Um, yeah. Uh, with with certain folks and and I know you know when I was an independent filmmaker in my mind long before I went to New York or Los Angeles I'm stuck in my hometown in Pennsylvania and you're trying to have a conversation with people about your goals and aspirations and everybody thinks you're you're crazy um, mm-hmm. and so yeah they think that's that's unattainable yeah 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 but but when yeah. you seek out like the the successful people in your hometown you're going to find very quickly that they're actually open. And they want to help you, and, and they'll probably open up their Rolodex if you make a good impression, and say, "Well, exactly. you need to meet my friend, you know, Sam or Charlie or so and so." Yep. And you know, and and at that point, you start to become, you know, it's sort of like uh, your entree into the club. Um, which yeah, is, exactly, exactly. And you know, and and I know our time's limited, Tom. I, I we you and I we could talk all day about this, but um, <laughs> I, I think. You know, there's something that you talk a lot about in Sanity, um, in the Film Finance Guide. And, and for those of you listening, you know, Tom and I put together the Film Finance Guide. You can find it at filmfinanceguide.com. Um, but but yeah. talk to us a little bit about what, what is it that you say in Sanity versus um, – I'm so sorry, but it has to do with risk versus oh, reward. And Oh, sure, sure. Well, it's insanity versus liability. You know, that's and that's it. in any project, just kind of going in. You know, you can have – Somebody goes to and say, God, I really want to star in this movie. And that that could be a liability or that could be an insanity. And the difference means, you know, what is, uh, I mean, a lot of factors. But let's just say the genre of the movie, the budget of the movie, the, you know, the supporting cast. You know, so let me give you two scenarios. One would be, um, I, you know, I want to star in this movie and it's a $50,000 budget. And there's some good roles for you know, supporting characters. We have we have some uh, you know some money allocated for some some good supporting roles, and it's a really cool genre and it's a great role for me. And, and you know so we can get some some semi names in the in the, in the side uh, in the supporting roles. All of that that becomes you become a liability, and that's it's not a bad thing. It's just that you got to sell the film based on your name. Um, but you have the other names, you have all the backups. And Insanity would be take that same exact thing and make it a $5 million movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, then yeah. that's Insanity, because it's like there's no way you're going to sell this $5 million movie with you in it with no other names, you know, and the only D-list names or something like that. It's just not going to happen. So, And you can go down with any aspect of your film and define which is Insanity and which is liability. And I will say that movies with Insanities, they almost never, if not never, get made. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, movies with liabilities can get made. You just have to know how to attack the liability and defend it and prove why the investment is so viable. I mean, it, let me give one piece of advice because I know, like I said, we're always cutting things short and always trying to run and, you know, I'm always doing 50 billion things. It, the best way to get your film going is to improve the project. That's the number one way. That's the, the way that took me years to discover. And it sounds so simple, but it's, it's everything. Always, always improve the project to where, again, like I said before, with the you know the situation with the actor coming to me and asking me to put them in the film, they're not asking me; they're giving me value. Then I'm going to cast them. If you're a filmmaker and you want someone to give you money for your movie, improve it to where you're offering them value instead of asking them for money, and you will get your film funded. 
it's really interesting, you know, when, when you when you talk about um, investors and high net worth individuals, um, the degree to which some of these people want to invest, you know, the the, the, the motive yeah. behind that. Some of them, uh, some of them are looking for some 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 sort of financial return. But I've also heard that a lot of people are looking for the sex appeal. Uh, can you speak to that? Yeah, without question. You know, it's like I remember one guy. It was his his entire dream was he wanted to walk his mom down a red carpet one day, you know, and it was like, that was his dream of his life, you know, and so it's like, to him, I mean, obviously, the, the investment in the film meant something, and he wanted to make money, and wanted to be successful, but at the end of the day, that moment of him walking his mom down the red carpet, which I made sure, life or death, that he was going to do, um, was everything to him, so it's, it's, you know, and then there's some people that want to kind of play with the stars, they want to have, you know, Jessica Beale on their, on their cell phone so they could call her and text her every once in a while and those kind of things and they love that stuff and you know and uh it happens i mean I'm, my friend michael madsen not to not to name drop in any way shape or form but, but he, was, uh, he was joking with me one time that he says you know when people you know have invited me to these their towns for their the film premiere or whatever and basically the, the rich guy basically pays so that they could say michael madsen is my friend you know what i mean it's like that's basically you know so much of the the, the the money that he was getting and being brought to town and getting paid all these amounts to just kind of hang out just so somebody can say, hey, Jones is my friend, you know, and then that's, so that's, there's something there that some high net worth individuals just want to say, so-and-so is my friend and they, it's going to cost them a $2 million movie to do it, they're willing to do that. I think, you know, what happens is a lot of filmmakers just focus on like the one or two people that they hear are rich and then they go in to a meeting and they don't have any sort of game plan and they're not sure exactly what they're doing. Um, and they ruin their opportunity to build those relationships to actually find out what the person wants um, because they're not yep. prepared. Um, exactly. How do you yeah. prepare? How, how do you prepare? Well, that's a longer kind of explanation. I, you know, I, you yeah, I know we cover really, a lot yeah. of that in the film finance oh, guide, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I literally would go over every step. I mean, we cover a lot. It's kind of an understatement. We go over every actual step uh, of what it takes to prep a project. But, you know, that the, here's all I could say about it is that at the end of the day, if you go into a meeting with a high net worth individual and you're not prepped, you'll never get that meeting again. Uh, because they're wasting their time, and that's the worst thing you could do with somebody that has money because they usually do not have that much time. Um, if it's better to not take the meeting at all, I will say that, and, and that's gospel. There, if you, <laughs> it is better to not take the meeting at all than to go into a meeting unprepped. Because uh, again, it happens even on my level. If somebody takes a meeting with me and they are amateurish and this and they're showing me something, and it's like I'm probably not going to meet with that person because I'm not taking them seriously. But if they cancel the meeting and they do it again, well, that's okay. Then be ready the next time. You know, it's like everybody cancels meetings if they have to, and I understand that. So that's, at the end of the day, never take the meeting if you're not prepared. And, and I think some of the preparation, you know, I've been watching a lot of the show Shark Tank, and um, yeah. when, when it comes down to actual negotiation, it's not... I mean, obviously, there's the guy that wants to walk his mom down the aisle, but there are some other people that are hardcore number crunchers, and um, you kind of want to know that going into the meeting, you know, how the person's yeah. going to respond. So that, that's of part of the preparation, and, and that's some of the yeah. stuff that you cover in the film finance guide. Um, well, yeah. Tom, I, I know we've, we've kind of gone over your time here. I really appreciate okay. uh, you hopping on here and sharing some advice with uh, the independent filmmaking community. Um, I'm sure they'll get a lot out of it. And uh, I, I guess I guess before we hop out of here, you know, it, 
what's the one that I, I know you do a lot of talks and workshops and seminars and mm-hmm. in between your movie projects what, what's one piece of advice that you could give um, and not necessarily to the lazy filmmaker but the actual entrepreneurial filmmaker who has some smarts and actually you know wants to make a business out of this mm-hmm. take take a project and get behind a project that could be the most easy to happen and create it at the end of the day it comes down to two words and whether those two words are make movies or create stuff, <laughs> that's it. It's there. That's what you need to do. You need to be creating things. You need to have product out there to sell. And people, say, they start to realize, oh, you're working and you're doing this and you're active. And then it suddenly becomes your life. You know, it's like you just do it enough and you're, you're, you're making stuff. And sooner or later, you realize, oh, my God, I'm making something that's a $10 million movie. And, you know, this started as me making web videos. And it's amazing how that it happens because you just kind of assume the position in life of what you're doing. It's amazing how like action just attracts people, and and certainly Tom, you're yeah. you're a you're a testament to that. I mean, for the people, if if you go to the next American film market, you gotta if you look around, I guarantee you'll see Tom Malloy in there doing something, yeah. hustling, having meetings. <laughs> yeah, I may be I may be running by, <laughs> but I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're nonstop. Well. Listen, Tom, it's, 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 it's always a pleasure chatting with you, and, and I'm glad we put the Film Finance Guide together. I know it's helpful. Um, it's definitely yeah. for, for uh, entrepreneurial filmmakers, and, and, and it, it's a tool that I wish I had then. So, um, yeah, awesome. people seem to be loving it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thank you for having me on, and I hope, uh, yeah, if, if this is the first time I've been on your show, let's definitely do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, co- we'll come back. We'll, we'll do some of this again, but, but uh, anyway, well... Hey, filmmakers, um, you know, that, that's been Tom Malloy. He's raised over $25 million uh, to produce his own feature films. Uh, great guy, and he really shares a lot of uh, film finance tactics in the Film Finance Guide. You can check that out at filmfinanceguide.com. As always, I'm Jason Brubaker at Jason Brub... I'm sorry, what is my... Uh, I'm fil- I, you know what? I'm completely befuddled, Tom. I had, a com- I had a great close to this, and it's just not coming out. I am Jason Brubaker... <laughs> I run a website, filmmakingstuff.com, and you can always contact me, jason at filmmakingstuff.com. Until then, take action and make your movie now.